Housing for the Aged Action Group, Haig for short, a housing group for older people run by older people. Present Raise the Roof! We advocate for secure, affordable and appropriate housing. So listen up on the second and fourth Wednesday of the month at 5.30pm on 3CR 855 on your AM dial. That's right, you're listening to Raise the Roof, the Housing for the Aged Action Group show on 3CR, 855 AM. My name's Shane, I'm here with Fiona, the troubleshooter at York. Uh, how are you today, Fiona? I'm good, I'm really good. Uh, so I think we mentioned last time, uh, a couple of weeks ago, it was home- National Homelessness Week and HAG took a delegation of women who'd experienced homelessness or housing stress uh, to Canberra to meet with politicians and talk to them about some of the changes that uh, people really need. We're going to hear some of the audio from those events today. Uh, Fiona, what are we going to hear first? Sorry, troublemaker, troubleshooter. What are we going to hear first? A troublemaker? I don't think so. We're going to hear from um, the Aging in the Housing Crisis report launch, which was held on the Thursday of Homelessness Week on the 10th of August at Parliament House. And we were launching a research report, but we also wanted to make sure that there were voices of people who have actually experienced the issue of housing and what it's like to be ageing in a housing crisis. So we're first going to hear from our two two women of our delegation, um, Michelle Cook from New South Wales and Linda Hahn from Queensland, and they're going to talk a little bit about their lived experience. Unfortunately, I had to cut the audio down a little bit for this because we had, you know, time constraints. So if you want the full version, we'll, we'll put a link in our bio um, after the show. But first of all, we're going to hear from Linda Hahn from Queensland. My credentials to speak here today are based on my personal experience of being homeless, as well as four years working as a peer advocate in the Housing Older Women movement, which now has over 1,800 women in its group and hundreds of supporters. Older women experience homelessness and housing stress not as a result of poor choices or decisions but rather as the inevitable result of systemic issues rooted in gender inequality, which have been pervasive throughout our lifetimes. Everyone who experiences homelessness is forever changed. My story has been recorded, and since making that recording a few years ago, I had to leave the unit I was then occupying due to the ending of the National Rental Affordability Scheme licence for that block of units. There were over 100 people, mostly in their 60s, 70s and 80s, living there. This coincided with interstate migration to Brisbane and southeast Queensland during COVID, which made finding a private rental almost impossible. Every open home I went to was inundated with people from southern states openly saying they could offer more than the quoted rent or pay several months of rent in advance to secure the property. What chance then for an older woman on JobSeeker? Eventually, though, I struck lucky with a compassionate property manager and have been securely housed again for over two years. But I continue to have to draw down on my superannuation to supplement my living expenses. I estimate this has cost me well over $150,000 over 10 years. This is money I would have preferred to use to buy part equity in a property, but no such scheme exists for people like me. Of those 100 residents in that national rental um, apartment block, one was my 85-year-old friend. 
The only affordable place open to her when she had to leave was 30 kilometres from where she'd lived for the last 30 years. She had to leave her friends, her community supports, doctor, and the place where her husband's ashes are scattered. I'm just going to highlight a, a few of the impacts of my own experience, which I believe add weight to the urgency for change. Typically, prolonged homelessness and housing stress creates long-lasting adverse impacts on mental and physical health, which requires support from our, funding, uh, our health budgets and ongoing extra costs to the inv individual which they can ill afford. Then there's the loss of one's established community and family supports due to moving from place to place. I moved 18 times in three years. This frequently results in isolation and loneliness, which further impacts mental health. And in my recorded story, I talk about feeling like Humpty Dumpty in pieces on the ground and having no idea how I would ever put myself back together again. It has taken years. And whilst I'm mostly together now, the cracks are still visible. Homelessness is a form of trauma which is seldom recognised by people who have no direct experience. So we've been in federal parliament this week talking to some of the people with the power and influence to bring about necessary change. The question now is, who in federal, state and local government has the courage, commitment, vision and leadership qualities to engage in an inspired and ambitious process to create more housing choice and enduring housing outcomes in Australia? We know from hearing women's stories that they want and need safe, secure, affordable homes with housing costs capped at no more than 30% of their very meagre incomes. Some want to purchase part equity and live in non-speculative as well as collaborative housing developments. A significant benefit of, which is, of those developments is that that can delay the likelihood of a resident needing to go into aged care in the future. So within our movement and within the, the wider range of advocacy groups, we have identified a range of solutions that would assist older women to achieve housing that is safe, secure and affordable and can also lead to home ownership opportunities. In order to leave a better legacy for the women coming behind us, and there are many, we ask for urgent change to policy and legislation to address the gender pay gap, and the other gendered inequities, which is what has led us and those we represent to experience homelessness in our 50s, 60s, 70s and 80s. Women in their 40s tell us they can see themselves on the same trajectory to homelessness already. Preventative action is needed now. We want them to have a better legacy than we did. Thank you. I am here today as part of the New South Wales Lived Experience Advocacy Group of HAG. Homelessness is such a big issue. Whilst we like to think that it won't happen to you, all it takes is meeting the wrong person. My story starts when I thought I'd met a wonderful man. We fell in love, got married and had a baby. Unfortunately, my fairy tale was an illusion. It changed the day he tried to hit me with the baby in his arms. I distinctly remember back at the beginning, sitting in a safe room in the court, assaulted by the man who was supposed to love me forever. But for me, though, the original domestic violence wasn't as bad as the post-separation abuse, the financial and legal abuse that was to follow. 
I had worked hard. I have a university degree and a professional job. I had paid the deposit on my house, the mortgage from the outset, and for more than five years whilst going through the family court process. He refused to settle. He wanted to force myself and my children from the place we loved, the place we called home. I spent 15 years in family court. My home was lost because of a court, order, a court system that refused to enforce its own orders. The Law Society sat on the case for another seven years. I remember ringing the services. You go from organisation to organisation, government-funded charities. With each phone call, you repeat the story. You get your hopes up, only to be told it's all a bit complicated. The financial assets and security I had built up in 25 years of working had been destroyed by a two-year marriage. Although I was capable of paying my mortgage, the bank simply refused to refinance because I was now a single woman with dependents. Banks require a full-time job as a prerequisite for a mortgage. I am now in my 50s. My daughter has grown up. I moved to regional New South Wales just as the pandemic hit in March 22, uh, 2020. As Senator Pocock, who grew up on a farm, I now see people in the region struggling to find homes, stable employment or access to health care. COVID gave us work from home. People on Sydney incomes can move to the country and enjoy the rural lifestyle. For investors, regional property prices are still a bargain. Agents prefer Sydney buyers, investors paying over market prices. But we can't blame homelessness on people or on bad choices when we face structural issues in our economy. That homes are now an investment. Whilst regional New South Wales used to be affordable homes, the prices have doubled in two years. Locals can't afford to buy in their own town, the town they grew up in. How will that change these towns? We have businesses, business models that use volunteers, but who are these volunteers? Older women. And now with the recent floods, we've seen a new class of homelessness, people who've lost their homes from the floods. Is living in a caravan in this time a choice or a necessity? There are no tradies to repair, to rebuild, and that's after dealing with insurance companies. For those renting, three out of three of my friends say their rental was not advertised. Getting a home is based on who you know or who your family is. For those properties advertised, you need to be fully pre-approved before you're even shown the property, and that process is intrusive. As Mr Pocock said in his first speech, in the midst of this, and it's the housing crisis today, we would love to accept your invitation to begin to turn things around. As he said, a big part of politics is about dealing with problems in a way that turns them into opportunities. Hag and us here in the lived experience group have shown courage and leadership to be here today. We, help to, we hope to help the ministers we've spoken to to write that new story, a better story, in finding the courage to change where we are going, the actions that match the scale of the challenges to better the lives of people, of families, of communities.
The Chilean community, in partnership with the AMWU's International Solidarity Initiative, is holding a commemorative event for the 50th anniversary of Chile's coup, September 11, the day that changed us forever. Join generations of Chilean refugees, exiles and recent arrivals together with Australian unionists and activists in the Solidarity Movement for a night of testimonies, speakers, poetry and music on Monday, September 11 from 6pm at Solidarity Hall at the Victorian Trades Hall. This event will be held in English and all are welcome. To register, search for Chile 50 Years on eventbrite.com.au. Chile, 50 years of solidarity and struggle. A 3CR supporter. Trans Family is a not-for-profit organization providing a peer support group for loved ones including parents, siblings, extended family, and friends of a trans and gender diverse person. Trans Family runs discussion groups in person and online. We offer a safe space to share your experiences, ask any questions regarding your situation, and provide peer support. We are especially keen to hear from loved ones in regional and rural Victoria. Donations to Trans Family are tax deductible. For more information, visit transfamily.org.au or look for us on Facebook. Trans Family is a 3CR supporter. Uh, you're listening to Raise the Roof, the Housing for the Aged Action Group show on 3CR 855. AM. My name's Shane. I'm here with Fiona. Um, today we've been playing some audio from HAG's recent delegation to Canberra as part of Homelessness Week. And Fiona, what are we going to hear next? Next we've got to hear from Professor Wendy Stone from Swinburne University and Associate Professor Emma Powell from um, Western Sydney University who will be speaking to the research report that we launched on that day. Awesome. Great. Thanks so much, Fiona. Um, I guess um, we are part of a six-member research team. I'd like to acknowledge the other members of the team uh, in a moment. But before doing so, on behalf of our research team, we'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of this land, the Ngunnawal and Ngambri peoples, and pay respects to elders past, present, emerging. We pay respect to the custodians of lands that we've travelled from and to today, and also uh, to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people joining us. I also want to acknowledge that this has been a privileged week. It is a privilege and an honour to be part of a delegation to Canberra, to Parliament House here, to spend our time with eight people who bravely tell their stories. Your stories are powerful, they matter, and they make us realise that it is not us and them, it is us, it is we. Your story could be any of our stories. Please keep telling them. Thank you. So we are very pleased today to be able to launch our report, Ageing in a Housing Crisis, Older People's Housing Insecurity and Homelessness in Australia. It's not a good news story, but we're still delighted to be able to speak about it. This work has been a collaboration between the Housing for the Aged Action Group and our three universities, Swinburne, Western Sydney and Curtin. The ageing, uh, Australia has an ageing population We've analysed Australian Bureau of Statistics census and homelessness estimates data to basically look at 
What this means in the context of a housing crisis, we've looked at data over 10 years. Our report shifts focus from the question of what are the characteristics of people who become exposed to housing insecurity and homelessness to a system-wide view. We need to ask the question, what is structurally wrong with the housing system in Australia and what to do about it? We need to stop asking what is wrong with people. Our report shows conclusively that more older people in Australia are facing housing insecurity and homelessness as they age. Safe, secure and affordable housing is a human right, but our work shows that it is increasingly beyond the reach of older people in this country. The lowest, uh, the lowest income people, particularly those reliant on government income and benefits and supports, are most at risk. Housing insecurity is caused by a housing system that is failing to meet the needs of our ageing population. Sitting behind the crisis is a series of interconnected failures linked to previous and current policy choices that have enabled the financialisation of properties in Australia over homes. This afternoon we will step you through a few of our key headline findings and I would also just like to acknowledge that Senator Pocock has joined us. Um, thank you. <laughs> so let's start off, um, first of all, with the Great Australian Dream. Uh, the most secure housing tenure in Australia has been home ownership. And, and as a pillar of the welfare state, we know that post-World War II policies established the, the home uh, as the way that people could age well. Age pensions are set on the assumption that people do not have housing costs in older age. Yet what we find in our research is that there is a decline, a long-run decline, in outright ownership over time, particularly for older people, and that the, the home ownership as a pillar of our welfare, welfare state is beginning to crumble to crumble. We find concerning numbers in this 10-year period about the growing number of older people in Australia living with mortgage debt. We're all well aware of rate rises. Older people experience these rises on a fixed income. Older women particularly are affected by this change. The number of older women living in a house with a mortgage increased at a rate of 68% in this decade more than the number of older men, which still increased at 58%. Low-income households are particularly affected. The number of old people living with low incomes, paying mortgages, has more than doubled in a decade. This outstrips the pace of population ageing. So it's disproportionate to the ageing of the population. What we do not have in Australia at the moment is a housing assistance model to maintain people in their own homes. Mortgagees are struggling and they need help. And while mortgage debt in retirement years is of concern, perhaps greater concern is the flow-on effect this mortgage level has beyond home ownership. 1.5 million older Australians now live with mortgage debt. Not all of them will maintain those mortgages. Many will fall into the private rental sector or straight into homelessness. This slide shows that in the decade to 2021, the number of older people living in the private rental sector increased to nearly 700,000 older people. This represents a 73% increase, or nearly 300,000 more people than a decade earlier. Again, disproportionate growth to the population ageing. This increase is significant because it is more than double that age growth. 
And again, we see that women are particularly affected. The number of older women renting increased by a rate of 77%. And what these statistics mean is that more older women, older men, are exposed to housing insecurity of renting, rising rents in a sector that is lightly regulated by international standards and is far from fit for purpose. This is a sector where six and 12 month leases are common and we know that age-based discrimination is rife. Ageing well or in place in this context is very difficult. In addition to tenure insecurity, we've looked at housing affordability stress within the private rental sector. If you think about an income spectrum, we're looking at the lowest 40% of people's incomes. People living with the lowest incomes in private rental in older age are paying unaffordable rent in the lowest income group, those reliant on government benefits, which are job seeker and age pension. Only 19% are, are paying affordable rent and many are paying severely unaffordable rent rather than paying for food or for heating. The lowest income households are, are absolutely in crisis. So this interconnection of system failures indicates a housing system that no longer accommodates older people well in this country. The trends we identified are forecast to grow, in fact burgeon. Unless coordinated policy changes across the housing system are made, older people experiencing the most acute burden of these trends are living in marginal housing or experiencing homelessness as there is insufficient social housing which we need more of. Our report shows that we must act both urgently as well as having an eye on the mid-range and long-term plan. As Emma will explain, the impacts of acting now are urgent. So thank you. Um, if you don't mind, Emma, I might ask Senator David Pocock to come and say a few words before he gets dragged off to the Senate again. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. You've been invaluable support and we really would like to acknowledge, um, for those that don't use and don't know, Senator David Pocock was elected to the Senate last year and is the first independent senator for the ACT. So welcome and thank you. Well, thank you for having me. Apologies, I'm late. There's plenty going on in the Senate um, today. Wendy, thank you for um, all the research you've done. Everyone here knows how dire things are. Um, I think your, um, your point about needing urgent uh, interventions now, but then actually starting to have the bigger conversations uh, in Australia so we can start to shape this for the medium and, and longer term is so, um, so crucial. Um, really want to thank the, the, all the delegates that have travelled to uh, Parliament House. Uh, I think it's, it's so important that, that uh, we're not just talking about statistics. You, you flip through reports and you see them, but to actually hear the, the stories of people. That's it. Sorry. Oh. Apologies. <laughs> I'll try and get back up here, but... Thank you. Thanks, Thank you. Watch this space. Next exciting episode. Um, it's the cliffhanger. Emma, <laughs> would you like to jump in? So, look, what the numbers that Wendy set out a moment ago look like in the lives of older, low-income people in Australia is stress and crisis. 
I've documented that stress and that crisis in my research with single older women who live in the private rental sector. The women that we interviewed talked about the struggle to afford just the day-to-day -day costs of living. The cost of rent forced many of them to cut back on food. So many women were reliant on food banks just to survive. They struggled to afford their bills and they'd cut back on essentials like heating and cooling so that they could stay afloat. Women would tell us, though, about how they'd go to bed in mid-afternoon so that they could stay warm under the blankets because they just couldn't afford to put the heating on. One of these women, Sophie, she explained to us how she saved energy by only cooking every second day. She said, I don't iron. My damn washing machine doesn't go. I haven't got an electric heater. I don't have a fan up here. I don't have air conditioning. She cut down on food to meet her expenses and she consequently lost weight. Some women reported being so afraid of an eviction notice or a rent increase that they experienced anxiety just checking their letterbox and opening their email at night time. In the past, older people who live on low incomes might have found a secure home in the social housing sector. And when I met older women who'd been offered a house in social housing, I asked them what it meant and the response was nearly always the same. They would pause their whole body would relax, they'd get tears in their eyes, and they'd say to me, this is my home, I will never need to move again. Many felt for the first time in years like they had control over their future. Our report shows that these times are past. The number of older people that live in social housing has decreased as a proportion of the population. And while the number of older people living in social housing has increased in the last decade, it is a at a rate that is much slower than the rate of population growth in this age group. What this indicates is a failure to meet the needs of our ageing population. The report that we've released today shows that the consequences of this is more older renters paying unaffordable rents. It's more older people living in marginal housing than a decade ago, mostly overcrowded dwellings and caravan parks. There's also more older people experiencing homelessness. So in 2021, nearly 20,000 older people in Australia were estimated to be experiencing homelessness. That was an increase of nearly 5,000 people since 2011. Growing housing insecurity and growing numbers of older people experiencing homelessness is caused by system-wide risks and they require system-wide responses. Today, there's nearly 270,000 older people in this country that are experiencing homelessness, that are living in marginal housing and that are renting homes that they can't afford. We live in a wealthy country and housing insecurity is a choice that we are making for these people. We're making it as a society. We're making that choice through the rates that we pay pension recipients and we're making it through the ways that we tax, fund and regulate housing. And it's time, we think, that we make some different choices. Our report shows that urgent action is needed so that all older people in Australia can access secure and affordable housing. It shows that it's time for a national housing plan that proactively addresses housing inequality and that ensures access to affordable, secure housing for all people across the lifespan. In particular, the report shows the need for adequate social housing supply that meets current need, but that also reflects population growth. 
We need to see strengthened tenancy regulations nationally that prioritise homes over profit. We need dedicated marginal and specialist homelessness service interventions that are well designed with and for older people. And we need to support people to remain in their own homes regardless of the tenure that they're living in. Our housing system is generating insecurity and the data that we've reported today is just the tip of the iceberg of a future housing crisis if we fail and choose not to act. Thank you. Uh, we are almost out of time for Raise the Roof for this fortnight. Uh, if you want to get in touch with HAG because you're an older Victorian with a housing issue, you can give us a call on 1800 765 178. That's 1800 765 178. Or if you want to get in, told, in touch with things like um, Fiona's shaking her head at me, but she's never known our phone number. So if it's wrong, I've been giving you the wrong phone number for like five years. <laughs> Um, the other phone number you can call us on, which is correct, is 96547389. That is correct, 96547389. Uh, if you've ever thought that this show was too polished, that we're faking it, no, this is real. This is really happening. Um, Fiona, you wanted to give a web address. Yeah, I just wanted to give a shout-out to the Housing Older Women Movement, Linda Hahn, who we heard from first up in this episode, is a member of that group, and they have a new website. It's very beautiful, and it is housingolderwomen.org.au. So that's just one word, housingolderwomen.org.au. Uh, so we're going to leave you with a song. This is It's a Long Way to the Top, Lucinda Williams' version. See ya. Riding down the highway, going to a show. Stopping all the byways Playing rock and roll